Hey guys, Birdie here. Just wanted to hop on real quick before this episode begins, just to give a quick disclaimer that we had some issues with our recording of equipment. Um, so you're going to hear some jump cuts. Unfortunately, uh, that was not a mistake in the edit. Uh, that was just an issue with our recording that we are going to hope to mitigate in the future. Um, I also just wanted to give a, a couple quick updates since we recorded this yesterday, which was January 11th at 5 o'clock. It is now January 12th at about 5 o'clock, uh, and a lot of updates on some of the things that we talked about have happened since. Um, mainly, the Yankees did sign Marcus Stroman to a two-year deal with a third-year option, so I nailed that, as you'll hear in a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, the Patriots did hire Gerard Mayo to be their next head coach. Morgan nailed that, which you will also hear in a little bit. And uh, finally, the Knicks ended their winning streak uh, with a loss in Dallas. So that is unfortunate, but um, we did talk about the Knicks later on. You'll hear about that in a bit, too. Uh, Morgan also did run through the list of head coaching vacancies in the NFL. I think that was mainly the thing that got clipped the most. So if you need that list, I'm sure it's out there. Uh, he also called Arthur Smith the football terrorist a few times. Um, so enjoy that. Anyway, with all that, here we go. About to say, if they if they could somehow get him to agree to like a two year with a third year option for like 50, 60 million bucks, something around there. Contrary to popular belief, we are not dead, even though we've been gone for a month. Just been uh, on a little unannounced hiatus. Morg, how you doing? <laughs> Good. You know, uh, it is kind of funny that uh, the minute, well, not the minute, but as we were on hiatus, it seems that uh, every single coach in football, in professional <laughs> and college football, decided to leave their team or be fired. So uh, we did have a, a lot, we have a lot of stuff piling up that we got to get to. We have a so, lot um, that we can talk about today. <laughs> um, thankfully, yeah, I think it's good yeah. that we're back. Happy New it Year! Is. Happy New Year! Uh, Merry Christmas! Happy Kwanzaa! Happy Hanukkah! We've been off for a very long time. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, the last time we talked, the episode titled "Tommy Friggin' Cutlets" should give away just about where we were in the uh, the canon of New York sports talk. Um, we have since seen the end of both the Giants and the Jets seasons in surprisingly decent fashion to close out. Um, the Knicks have not lost, I think, since we talked last time. Uh, the Yankees are now pivoting from getting the superstar Japanese short guy to getting the dickhead short guy. Um, and the Mets signed all of the uh, last year's Yankees. Have I missed anything? Oh, and the Rangers are, like, decent? I don't know. The, Ra the Rangers are falling off quite a little bit, but uh, yeah. I believe they're eight and eight in their last sixteen or something. But you know, still, still holding strong. Um, yeah, that's yeah, the overview. I Let's dive in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I'd like to start with something. Sure. Uh, so the Bills won the division. Mm. Excuse me. I didn't take a sip team. of coffee. I forgot about the Bills. Yeah, and the Bills uh, squeaked into the playoffs and are going to go win the Super Bowl now. Go on. Yeah, so they're taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers at home uh, uh, this upcoming Sunday at 1 o'clock. And so I was on Twitter earlier this morning, you know, as I do. As one does, unfortunately, reason. yeah. And I saw a post from uh, former Survivor contestant Coach Wade. Are you familiar with this man? <laughs> I, I do remember Coach. 
Yeah, he was just a crazy <laughs> guy on Survivor who was like a renaissance man. He was like a symphony conductor slash soccer coach slash like yoga instructor slash religious guy. Anyway. For the un- uh, uh, the uninitiated, he had a very large dragon tattoo that was like, like imagine the rock's like chest tattoo going into his arm. That was uh, what he had except it was a dragon. Um, and yeah. he looks like every guy from Florida. Yeah, it kind of looks like Steven Seagal. So anyway, yeah. he's a white guy and he constantly quotes like, uh, you know, Native Americans and like Sun Tzu. Uh, Marcus Aurelius and Sun Tzu. And, and yeah, so anyway, interesting guy. But so I saw a post from him that apparently he is going to be playing the national anthem on his trumpet at the Bills game on Sunday. What? Yeah. <laughs> so what? <laughs> I know we have a lot to get to, what? but I did feel that that was the most important thing. So I, I quote tweeted. Is I that said, real? Be... Yes, Are you messing with real. me? Are you serious? Apparently, he's like a world-class trumpet player and a Bills fan. Uh, Where's he from? So okay, from yeah. Missouri. What the but hell? But anyway, okay. Why so not? I saw this post. Why and not? I quoted it. What the hell? That's I quoted so it weird. and I said, "I'm going to be telling everyone that coach from Survivor will be playing the national anthem on his trumpet." And he replied to me and wrote, "Good man." So just spreading the gospel of coach. Wait, uh, wait. Coach responded to you and said, "Good man." He said, good man, and, you know, highlighted my year so far. So, uh, well, hold on, it's only January 11th. Um, but wait a minute now. <laughs> so we have an in with Coach Wade. Can we get him on the show to talk Bills? That'd be fun. Yeah, maybe if they win the Super Bowl, I'll shoot yeah. him a DM or something. Uh, but, yeah, so if you're going to be watching wow. this Bills game on Sunday, keep an eye out for Coach and his trumpet. Wow. Wow. All right. Um, that might be only the second stupidest thing that a New York team has done with a trumpet in the last two years. Um, <laughs> very true. <laughs> amazingly enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's very fun. Speaking of the bills though, we could do a, uh, a very quick, um, postmortem on the, this end of the state's football teams. Um, Mark, the giants had the Eagles roll into town and they beat the hell out of them. And the jets had a very familiar foe roll into MetLife or no, excuse me. They went up to Foxborough. Um, and ended the career of Bill Belichick. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. there's funny, a couple monkey-off-the-back games that are very interesting ways to end your terrible seasons. <laughs> but where do you want to yeah. start? You know, let's start with the Jets real quick. It, it's funny, isn't it, that the uh, the streak of the Patriots beating them, which I think was like 15 in a row or It was 15 or games, seven years. Yeah. Right. So it is funny that that would end in the most like nondescript fashion possible, where mm-hmm. both teams are out of it and they go into Foxborough and help the Patriots get a better draft pick. Yeah. It's like the one time that you can beat the Patriots is when it actually helps them. <laughs> it's right. Amazing. And yeah, and then that was the last game in the legendary career of Bill Belichick with the Patriots at least. Who yeah. Knows what he does. He's now. gonna go to L.A. maybe and go be the head coach of the Chargers. Yeah. So we see that come out this morning that. Uh, Bill and the Patriots decided to, quote, mutually part ways, which means, you know, he was fired and they're letting him save face. Right. Uh, yesterday we see the news that uh, Pete No, Carroll I don't think out. it was that. I think he was like, you guys are going to fire me and I don't want to deal with that, so I'm just going to leave. And, like, we're, yeah. we're good. And, <laughs> and Bill has done this in the past. You know, he's good at seeing the writing on the wall. Yeah. Uh, he's also so, yeah. very good at leaving jobs, <laughs> like, yes. in general. I'm saying, so like, does it in good fashion, yeah. Right, so we see this, and then yesterday we see Pete Carroll's out in Seattle, and we see Nick Saban has retired in Alabama. So we have three of the all-time most legendary coaches. Now, I'm not putting Carroll up there. And Carroll's the not. He's, he's definitely one of the most colorful. Yeah, I mean, he's a great coach, but he's not one of the two best all-time at his job, no. like the, the other two. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, just having those three leave in like the same 24 hour span. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, little mind blowing. Yeah. So there's a lot of head coaching openings now. Should we, should you, we run them down? You want to go through them? Yeah. Um, do you have the list in front of you? Yeah, I got it. So wait, before we do that. Okay. Uh, I would just like to, um, to hang on the rim a little bit. I called yeah. Mike Vrabel being out in Tennessee and you said I was crazy for it. <laughs> I, now, granted, I, you I, think I, it's, I, a, it's a stupid move, but I was still right. <laughs> I think it's an insane move. I don't understand it at all. I mean, I to me, it's like the thing about, with the tight. It's like, did you think this was the year you should get rid of Mike Brable when you have a transitional year, when you have the last year of Derrick Henry, when you have your quarterback, the guy you hoped could be a franchise quarterback, not even playing most of the season? Uh, in, just, in who? In Will Levis. Okay. <laughs> so, I was going to say. Okay. I mean, I mean, just to me, felt strange. There was an article this morning that came out from The Athletic that posited that um, – the, one of the reasons for the firing may have been that uh, Amy Adams Strunk, the owner of the Titans, w- felt slighted that Vrabel attended his Patriots Hall of Fame induction in October. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're doing that. Well, uh, he's going to go be their head coach now, so I hope that she uh, thought it was worth it <laughs> to get yeah, rid of him. <laughs> we got the page. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one way to put it. Kyle Pitts, got- enthusiasts everywhere rejoice. Yeah, we got the Las Vegas Raiders who went five and four with interim head coach Antonio Pierce. He's going to get that job. He's going to. He's like such a Raider coach. That's perfect for him. Yeah, we got the Seattle Seahawks, aforementioned Pete Carroll. Right. And we got, to round it out, we got the L.A. Chargers. So we got, I believe that's seven openings. Yeah, I think that's right. My math, right? Yeah. So if you're Bill Belichick, you're going to the best situation. Sorry. That was eight eight? openings. That's eight. Okay. Quarter of the league. So, yeah. Quarter of the league. So if you're Bill Belichick, you are without a doubt going to the best, because he's head coach candidate number one, and he said he still wants a coach. So you're going to the best situation. And the best situation means it's got to be somewhere where there's a quarterback and an offense that is remotely capable with a defense that has at least someone, again, capable. Um, which is why, it's, in my opinion, extremely obvious he's going to go to the Chargers and see what he can do there for a little bit. Okay, I don't on. think there's I, anywhere I, I, in the league where there's um, – comparable talent you could maybe say Tennessee but I don't think he's going to go coach in Tennessee no I mean I don't disagree with you but I also can't really picture Bill wearing like powder blue and ending up in Southern California I kind of can honestly I feel like I see that I I just kind of do like I don't I don't think it would be for a very long time maybe like two three years max but I could see that okay well I'll tell you my pick I think he goes to the commanders I, I heard that too I the NFC East appeal makes sense to me um, with him like wanting to go to the big market spot, but do you? Re- I see him in L.A. being the head coach of the Chargers and trying to turn that around way more than I see him going to Washington. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, Bill's a football historian, right? Washington's a historical franchise for better or worse. Uh, he has ties to the area. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's from there originally, and his father was obviously the head coach at Navy, which is in Annapolis, right, right. down the road from where the Washington Commanders play. Sure. Uh, and I think he's got ties to that organization. And I really think that that would be an intriguing opening for him to see if he could spend the last few years of his career trying to turn around this franchise that has had really poor luck over the last couple decades. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's tough to say. I, I just feel like that, to me, would make more sense. Just also, it's closer to where he lives it's true. than him going to L.A. Who's, who's their quarterback? Washington? Yeah. Um, they would draft one. I'd probably be Drake May. I think. I don't know. I don't. Are they high enough to get Drake May? Yeah, they might be. I guess. Does he really want to go start with a rookie quarterback though? 
I mean, he might not have a choice. I mean, like he, he, could he does have a choice. Herbert. He could probably go to L.A. and get you know Keenan Allen and Joshua Palmer and Austin Eckler and Khalil Mack and like, I mean that's that roster is talented. Yeah, but I, also Brandon Staley's to, an idiot. <laughs> they should have right, been able to win. Yeah, but you have to remember the ownership situation plays into it. And Dean Spanos, who owns the Chargers, is considered like a mm, complete dolt. That is a really good point. NFL coaches and uh, the Commanders, who are owned by Josh Harris and Magic Johnson, like that consortium consortium. I mean, like we haven't had enough proof one way or the other to say if those guys are, are capable of anything or not. So like maybe you go for the unknown rather than working for Dean Spanos. I don't know. That's a really good point. Um, I think if you're Belichick and you have the option to go work for a shithead owner, if there's any coach who could go there and deal with what that entails, I think it would, it would have to be a guy of his stature. I don't think if, you know, if Mike Vrabel goes to the chargers, I don't think he would want to put up with that. But I think like Belichick is, you know, the kind of person who could tell an owner what he wants to do, um, or at least try to have them not butt into business. Um, but to that same point, then uh, the openings in Carolina and Washington are interesting, I think. Uh, with Carolina, you have the first overall pick from last year, um, and you have a relatively decent offense. Um but I, there's there's some pieces there that are fine, and they have um, – oh, no, they lost their first pick. Excuse me. Uh, do they yeah. have a first-round pick? They don't have a first-round pick at all. Yeah, it's going to the Bears. It's the number one overall. I know that, but I'm saying do they have one this year in general, or is it just that one that would be good? On the, they don't have a second one. No, they one. don't have one. Yeah. No. So, yeah. All right, so you still have last year's first-round pick. So if you believe in Bryce Young at all, that would be you know, the only reason you would want to go there. Um Meanwhile, like Seattle, there. My point with all this is that there's no situation that's great, um, and the ownership concerns are fair too. I think with a lot of these teams. Um, well, I'll say this: none I more think than the Chargers. Yeah, I think the Panthers is the worst job in the NFL, um, and I think the owner has a big part in that. David Tepper, who's yeah, I mean we've talked about him. He's a complete asshole, and he like since we last recorded, he was caught like throwing drinks on fans and shit. Like, okay, but that was kind of funny. He, <laughs> like, no, I mean it's it would be funny if a guy threw a drink on him. Yeah, know. exactly. Like, no, I think like, it's just funny when people are as cartoonish and evil as we make them out to be. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. I mean, he is a cartoon villain, basically. But yeah. like, I just don't think anyone wants that job. I think that's the worst roster in the NFL. I think Bryce Young is already been ruined, probably. If if he was ever oh, anything. Oh come on! I, I I've seen it before. I'm telling you, teams cling to these guys for way too long. Like I don't disagree I, I was, that. If if I was the Panthers, I mean I think you got it. You have to give him one more year because you don't have another option. But like, it's, what did you see this? Year? I mean, he was like the worst qualified quarterback in the NFL, and I know he didn't have anything to work with. But still, like other guys with bad talent around them showed flashes. Like Tommy DeVito won games. Yeah, like, that's a good point. Bryce, Bryce Young showed nothing. Like, and I hate to it shit on him because it's not entirely his fault. I mean, he's surrounded by nothing. But like, it, a lot of people are surrounded by nothing, and they show more than he did. So like. I just really think this is a disastrous situation for any coach walking in there. I think that this is going to end up being a job that goes to like a reach candidate. I, here's the thing with that is that I think coaching is such a big part of you know any success story. I, like yeah, you could say maybe they ruined him. Like how many second year reclamation projects go well? Um, but at when the they same, start out this bad though, when they start out this bad, well, I'm saying that's not like a thing. It's not a story that you hear very often where it's like, well. His rookie year didn't go great, but we're going to, you know, turn around. Usually guys who are 
capable quarterbacks, I feel like have a pretty yeah. decent rookie year. I like, and that's These days, yes, that's a harsh thing to bit. say. Yeah, because it's saying if you get off on a bad start, you're kind of cooked. But at the same time, when was the last time we saw someone have a terrible rookie season and then really kind of turn it around? Can you I even mean, I get, think of a like, recent jo- example? Josh Allen, maybe, but like that's you can't compare anyone else to him because of his arc and like. Like you get in trouble when you start thinking you could create another Josh Allen, right? So well, like, also yeah. Anytime you think that you could recreate someone's success, there's a lot that goes into it beyond just talent. You know, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say I, I've given up on Bryce Young. If I like, I'm not saying cut him out. Obviously, right. you can't. You put too much into him. But I'm saying I just don't think that there's a lot of examples of a guy being this bad this early in his career and showing like the complete lack of anything that he should and turning it around and becoming a franchise quarterback. I mean, sure, it could happen. It just, it, it used to happen a lot more than it does now is all I'm saying. Sure. I think that's fair. And not that I, you know, uh, yeah, you're right. Bryson could turn it around maybe next year. Who knows? You know, DJ Chark is decent. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I mean, okay. So another or DJ Moore, I'm sorry. D- wait, no DJ Chark. Who's there? Wait, <laughs> DJ Moore is in Chicago. Wait a minute. No, DJ Moore is, on, is, is on in the on the Bears, yes. DJ Shark, yes, is the one on the Panthers, yes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay. They have Adam Thielen also, <laughs> and um, Adam Thielen, yeah, who won the, me some fantasy job, games this year. Yeah, the job that intrigues me honestly is the Seahawks. Um, Still no quarterback not, though. I mean, they got Geno. Sure. I also Drew Locke showed you something. <laughs> like, I mean, I just think that it's a stable organization, and it wasn't that before. I mean, before Pete Carroll got there, it actually was that. Like, you know, they had Mike Holmgren. Like, they had years of kind of solid coaches that would just stay there. They've, they've never really shown themselves to be a volatile organization necessarily. But right. stable ownership, stable GM, good town. Uh, you have a quarterback. But the thing is, like, I can't see Belichick going out west. So I, like, I could yeah, only I, see him in L.A. I don't think he would go to Seattle. I like, and the only reason I think he could go to L.A. is because of the fact that it's Los Angeles. Like he's a big market guy. Like at this point, you know, he's Bill Belichick. <laughs> like he's not going to go to the Seahawks, being Seattle, and like go sit in the cold. Well, actually, I, mean, I guess he's used to the cold. But I feel like in L.A., that's that's more like he would do that for two, three years, make a lot of money, see what he can do with a very talented, ready to go roster, and if it doesn't work, he retires. Yeah, so I've been talking, uh, speaking of Belichick, I've been talking to a friend of the show, Rob, uh, of course. Respondent, uh, <laughs> about uh, what options they might go with for head coach. And a name you keep seeing is Gerard Mayo, who uh, right. I believe was the defensive play caller under Belichick. He was kind of considered to be the number two for a long time. And uh, Rob has told me that, you know, there's differing thoughts on him within the organization. Like, he apparently got on some people's nerves there, so, like, it's not as surefire higher as it once was. Sure. But... And maybe in a new staff, but like keep the same kind of mantra you had under Belichick. Maybe you just promote his number two. Then the other option is uh, Arthur Smith, or I'm sorry, not Arthur Smith, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, yeah, uh, not Arthur Smith. Who would Smith. Then bring in Arthur Smith? <laughs> right. So that's the negative of hiring Vrabel is he's got Arthur Smith, this guy from the Titans days, in his back pocket. Right. Probably bring him to whatever job he gets next. So Patriots fans, uh, uh, from what I can glean, would be excited to hire Vrabel. And not as excited to hire the football terrorist Smith Arthur coming Smith. In. <laughs> football terrorist. Man. Yeah. I think that's a very good point. I if you're a Patriots fan, um I think you want Vrabel more just because it, here's the thing. Every Belichick disciple, coaching disciple, 
they don't have a good track record. <laughs> like the one obvious one is Matt Patricia from his days in Detroit that went terribly. Um, there's some other examples that I should be able to think of, but I can't. Oh, Josh, um, McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. Yeah, there's another one. Um, but Vrabel, at least, I don't know if he ever coached for Belichick, but he did play for him. But um, he at least he, is, for him. he he didn't, right? No, he played for him. Right, but he played for him. And it, his uh, his track record is pretty decent with the Titans team that had no quarterback for most of his tenure. Um, you were just trying to run him out of town on a rail. I'm, but I'm that that was not because of him necessarily. I think he, it, I think it was just time for a change there. I don't think it was because uh-huh. he was bad at his job. I think if he went somewhere else and got a fresh start, I think that that just, you know, like there was. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Look, if if Ryan Tannehill is the guy that you had to hang your hat on for a few years, I I'm not gonna go so far as to say that Vrabel is you know like a a product of just bad luck or something because it was his decision to stick with him for so long. Um, but at the same time, I think it was it was time for him to move on. Ryan Tannehill's not a good quarterback, and I think if he goes to the Patriots, he'll be okay. <laughs> like I think all those things can be true. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, okay, so should we talk through some of these playoff games, or you want to touch on the Giants real quick? Uh, yeah, let's let's do let's let's round out with the the general league, and then we can get back into the Giants and the Jets. So the playoff games coming up. I this is my favorite weekend in the NFL, to be honest. I love yeah. Wild Card Weekend so much. I love wild Card Weekend. Okay, so our first game. Let's get to it. Is uh, Saturday four thirty is the Browns in Houston facing off against the Texans. Now, I probably won't be able to watch most of this game because I have plans on Saturday. I'll try to catch some of it. It should be a great game. I wish I could watch it. Um, you have two really strong defenses going up against each other and a great young quarterback in C.J. Stroud facing his uh, the team from his home state in the uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, two teams that are both snake bit, I think you could say, in terms of success. So I think this should be a really, really good matchup. What do you think? I'm completely with you. I am worried a little bit about the scheduling um, and how much I'll be able to watch just because, you know, it is a weekend. Um, right. Which makes it – it's like the whole weekend. It's literally 4 o'clock uh, – like 4 o'clock on Saturday to midnight and then 1 o'clock on Sunday to midnight and then Monday at 8 o'clock, um, which is very exciting, but it's that's a lot of time where, you know, weekends are right. valuable. Um, but, yeah, this uh, – Huh? I'm gonna pull up some lines real quick. Yeah, so this this Browns Texans game, I I fully think that the Browns are gonna win this game, um, and the only reason that I think that is the quarterback matchup. I think I would honestly trust Joe Flacco the way he's playing right now, way more than I trust the entire rookie team that is the Houston Texans. Not that the Texans are, uh, you know, incapable of winning this game. I think they very much are, but I tend to believe that in the playoffs, experience wins more so than you know, just vigor or, you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, just, you know, this is more, I, I, the playoff football is really hard. (laughs) Like when you watch it, you feel it. Um, that's the insight you come to this podcast for. That is the insight that you come to this podcast for, but it really, I'm serious. Like the only word that I can use to describe playoff football is like hard nose. Uh, it's, you just need to, you need to want it so bad, and if you know how to win, it helps. And you know, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, so that helps. I don't know. Rookies going up against like rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, a lot of rookie receivers, very young defense. It's all just new. Um, and I, right. if they win this game, good for them. But I don't know, man. That Browns defense is really good. A lot of veterans on both sides of the ball. I would have to go for the yeah. Browns. 
Okay, so the Lions Browns minus two. I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna take the Texans. Interesting. I just think, I just think that C.J. Stroud is the be- the better quarterback, obviously, of the two. He is. I think that if he can get on the same page with Nico Collins, like we've seen him do, especially that last game against the Colts. I mean, the first one of the first big plays of the game, he just threw a 75 yard touchdown to Nico Collins. Like that throw. That throw was ridiculous. Unbelievable throw. And a <laughs> like, team that can score that quick yeah. is always going to be a threat, even if they're playing a defense like the Browns. So I I like this Texans. I like this matchup for the Texans because I do think that Flacco has a tendency to maybe uh, make some mistakes himself, kind of try to overplay a little bit. And I think if the Texans can jump out to an early lead, I think with that crowd behind them, if they can force Flacco to make some bad decisions, I, I do think the Texans can pull it out in a low-scoring game. That's uh, that's part of it too. This game is in Houston, not in Cleveland. Um, but I don't, when it comes to uh, playoffs and baseball or football, um, I very much lean into the emotional appeal. <laughs> I feel like I just I, I have a gut feeling the Browns are going to pull this one out. But fair enough. Remains right, to be seen. The, next one? the you mean the one that's going to piss everybody off? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So we got Dolphins at Chiefs, an exclusive on Peacock streaming service, which you should buy and pay for. Uh, what what do you work for them or something? Maybe. Okay. 8 o'clock Saturday <laughs> in Kansas City. The Dolphins taking on the Chiefs. It is supposed to be very, very cold, as like we have come to know and love from negative. Kansas City playoff football. Oh, yeah. And the feel outside is supposed to be somewhere around minus 12. Hell so what do yeah. we think? <laughs> uh, I mean, the smart money is saying the Dolphins are screwed. But um, at the same time, if you've been watching the Chiefs recently, this is not the Chiefs of 2019, 2020. Uh, a little bit different. But at the same time, negative 12 is really cold, man. <laughs> like, that's yeah. really cold. So um, this line is, I like you know. said, I mean, the Chiefs have been struggling, so this line is not what it's you gotta be think close. it would be is it, for a home game in Kansas City. You want to guess it? Chiefs minus two and a half. Close. It's Chiefs minus four and a half. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you think the Chiefs will pull it out? You know what's funny? I've been thinking a lot about this game, and I never came to a conclusion on who's going to win it. I'll say this. Yes, I, I think they do. I think the right. Chiefs come uh, come out and win this game. I do, too. I think that it's important to know how to win, as we've talked about, like you said with Flacco. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs c- can turn it on at any time. And we tend to, at this time of the year, in actually not just this time of the year, but in all sports when the playoffs roll around, we tend to get caught up in this, like, oh, the dominant team isn't so dominant anymore. And right. every year it seems to bite us. It's that true. team just steamrolls who they're playing. Right. And I really think the Chiefs can just turn it on. I, I don't know if they'll turn it on and go all the way to the Super Bowl, but I do think they're good enough to not get stomped in the first round. So yeah. I will take the Chiefs. However, I will say the Dolphins will have Waddle and Mostert. Uh, and that offense, when it's cooking, is obviously really, really dangerous. But, I mean, I really haven't seen this Dolphins team beat anyone good. I think the stat is that the Patriots beat more – Teams over 500 than the Dolphins this yeah. season. Yeah, weren't they? What they're? Uh, I think they're like one in what? One in no? One in five? I think against teams with a winning record or something like that. One in six. It was not good. Yeah. Like they had so one th- win or something like right. that. Exactly. Not good. Yeah. So, so that plus the weather plus the Chiefs' home field advantage, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs too. Yeah, that's that's why I I'm gonna cut out the amount of time that I was thinking about it, <laughs> um, but I did have to think about it for a, a good like 15, 20 seconds. Uh, and what made me make up my mind was just that. The Dolphins can't or have not beaten winning teams this season, and the Chiefs have a history of performing well in the playoffs. All you need is the quarterback to do something. Um, that being said, you also need receivers who can catch, which the Chiefs don't have many of those. So um, right. I feel like we're going to see a big game from Rashi Rice just because that guy has, like, the next Chief 
stud receiver written all over him, in my opinion. I agree. Um, but other than that, quick. yeah, I don't think we're going to see anything good out of Kadarius Toney. I think that Sky Moore is an afterthought. I think you're going to see Travis Kelsey try to whip up some kind of magic, but really I think it's going to be Rashi Rice like being the guy in this game, and I think that's going to be the difference. Awesome. All right, so speaking of cold, Next day, one o'clock p.m. Yep. We go up to Buffalo. This is I gonna remember, be the game of the weekend. Buffalo. I'm excited. <laughs> yes. So, as we all know, the Pittsburgh Steelers marching into Orchard Park, the Highmark Stadium, to take on the Buffalo Bills. The and reason I say this is gonna be the game of the weekend is because the Bills are going to stomp the Steelers into the dirt. It's gonna be great. Well, let's talk about it. So the line is Bills <laughs> minus ten. So you're going with the Bills by more than ten. Ooh, Bills minus ten. Honestly, yeah. I think I would take the or I would think I think I would take the Bills to cover. Interesting. I wouldn't. And let me tell you, I still think the Bills are going to win this game, but I will take the Steelers with the plus ten. So I'll take the Steelers to cover, but the Bills to win. And I'll tell you why. All year we've seen the Bills play down to their. Wait, did you say if you want the Chiefs to cover or not? Oh, I'll take the Chiefs to cover the four. Yeah, I would too. Okay, so I'll take the Steelers here. You'll take the Bills. But let me explain. The Bills play down to their competition, right? That that they played the Chargers in a team where a game where the Chargers were playing all their backups and had just fired their head coach, and that game was uncomfortably close. Okay, <laughs> they played the Giants, a team that they should have curb stomped. That game was uncomfortably close. We see the Bills do this over and over and over. If they are a favorite yeah. in a game, that game is going to be too close for comfort. So That's a very I do good think point. the Steelers will keep this to a one-score game, but I do think the Bills pull it out. I just don't think Mason Rudolph has real like the juice to pull it off in Buffalo, and I do think the Bills figure it out in the second half. But I'll say that Mike Tomlin and his insane defense, even without T.J. Watt, I, I'm saying they keep this a one-score game. So give me the Steelers plus the 10, but the Bills to win. That's a very good point, and that's it, also a good throwback back to Mudville's uh, uh, playoff preview episode, which was titled Who Has the Juice, in which we were discussing which of these teams has any juice and can get you yes. where you need to go. Um, exactly. Juice is a really important thing going into the playoffs. <laughs> it's exactly. like, it really is. It's a mental thing. Um, okay, so next we have the Wait, the wait, Fox. hold on, hold oh, on. So ahead. I was going to say, um, the reason that I'm taking the Bills to cover, I think without TJ Watt, like that Steelers team is good, and I know that's such an easy thing to say. Like, oh, you don't have TJ Watt. They're going to get stomped. Um, the Steelers defense is still good, uh, but Mason Rudolph in Buffalo in the playoffs when the Bills have a lot to prove. This play- they have a lot to prove. This is a really yeah, big make or break year for the Bills, and they have yep. the Chiefs are not who they were in the last few years. And I know we just discussed that, but they've been the boogeyman for the Bills. Their road is straight to Baltimore if they can do this. Um, so I, I don't know. I I think this is the Bills need. If here's what I'll say. If the Bills do come out and stomp the Steelers, like I think they are a capable of and B should do, um, I think we're going to see a nice Bills Ravens uh, preview or a nice Bills Ravens, <laughs> excuse me, AFC Championship game. But well, I'm ahead of myself. Let's move on. Yeah, that's all, that would be awesome. But I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, so we'll, we both think the Bills will win, but I think the Steelers cover. All right, so next we got the 4:30 game on Fox. The the favorite teams of Fox NFL. This is such Packers. a Fox game. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the Packers in Dallas to take on the Cowboys. The line is Dallas minus seven. Brody, oh, wow. what do you think? Oh man, it's Pat. Wait, it's Cowboys minus seven. Is that what he's in? Yep. Uh, honestly, I think I take the Packers to win this game. Hmm. <laughs> interesting. Why? Uh, I hate Dak. <laughs> I really just like. Okay. Here's the thing. Cowboys are probably gonna win this game. Um, but. As much as I know that you hate the Packers and I don't love the Packers, I am impressed with them. 
Uh, they're extremely young, and I know I just said the whole veteran thing, and you know, like uh, the, this team is really young and whatnot. Um, but here's the thing: in the case of the Browns and the Texans, where the Browns have a bunch of guys who, not necessarily that they've proven that they know how to win, but Joe Flacco has at least won a Super Bowl. Uh, the Cowboys have proven that they know how to lose <laughs> more than true. more than the Packers have had proven anything. They're all twenty three years old. Um, the true. Cowboys lose big games constantly, year after year after year, especially to the Packers in the playoffs. That happens yeah. a lot. Um, sure so does. Going back to the sixties, I think that this game probably said I'm still going to take the Packers to win this game. You're taking the Packers to win outright. I am taking the Packers to win outright, and obviously, okay. then you know forget the spread <laughs> interesting okay so here's my thoughts i would love to pick the packers to win this game outright but even though i don't like them i i like them more than the cowboys now i will say i think matt lafleur is an extremely underrated coach to me i think that uh he kind of gets lost in the shuffle when you think about the packers I he think has a lot kids of he's college-aged players beating yes. these teams like this is ridiculous what they're doing i think a lot of the credit in the past has tend to go, on, to go to aaron Rodgers when he was there <laughs> and i think this year people just haven't paid attention to how well he's coached jordan love up but i think he's a really really good coach so i will take the packers to cover i'll take the packers plus seven but i do think the cowboys win just because i don't know how jordan love's going to perform in an right. environment like dallas in the playoffs and now, the cowboys are talented they're very very talented the cowboys so. have maybe the most talent of any they i would say they do have the most talent of any team playing this weekend i would but, agree with you but i just think that you know like you said something always seems to happen with the cowboys yep. so give me the cowboys to win a close one but i'll take the packers to cover that yeah um and I really hope I'm wrong. I hope the Packers can find a way to pull this off just because this kind of feels like a different Packers team. Like, I like watching them. I never like watching them. You Packers. hate the Packers. Always, every year, Morgan, you hate I know. the Packers. <laughs> but I do like Jordan. I like Jordan Love. I, I like, do too. I, he, he's really come along this year. I think they got some fun players. Um, so, yeah, give me give me the Packers to cover, but the Cowboys to win. Uh, and then, rounding out our Sunday, the Battle of Matthew Stafford. We got the Rams yeah, taking on the one. Detroit Lions in the Motor City. And Jared Goff. Don't leave Jared Goff out of this. This is the Jared trade. Goff, Matthew Stafford Bowl. This is the trade. The whole trade comes to fruition here on Sunday night at 8.15 on NBC. Sunday um, night in Detroit, Rock City. Detroit minus three. What do you got? Detroit minus three. Can you? Okay. If you had said the day that that trade went down, that in two years, after Matthew Stafford wins a Super Bowl, that Jared Goff and the Lions would be favored at home as the three seed in the playoffs against the Rams in round one. I mean, you would have gotten taken to a freaking asylum. <laughs> That's yeah. ridiculous. Oh, no um, I I don't know with this one. Like this is because again, going back to the whole veterans knowing how to win deal. The Rams won a Super Bowl two years ago. Um, Matthew Stafford is a really good quarterback. That being said, I don't feel it. I feel like you give Dan Campbell the playoffs, like just as like a blank canvas to paint on with his guys, and he's gonna go absolutely nuts. Like this is like I know that Dan Campbell in the playoffs, like the the mystique of that is like more fun than it is, you know, a, a fair thing to say. But I will, I guts telling me that I feel like he's gonna have these guys revved up and ready to run through a wall. <laughs> like this is a playoff yeah. game in Detroit. Um, yeah. which by the way, if you're talking about a city star for anything, <laughs> I mean, holy crap. Um, yeah, no. and you get Matthew Stafford in your building, your old guy, like this is a really fun game. Um, 
I don't know. I feel like this game ends up being really close, and I feel like it goes the Lions' way at the last second. Interesting. So will you take the three points, or are you taking the uh, Rams? I think it's three, right? Not two and a half. It's Detroit minus three. I think it's a last second field goal, so I'm gonna have to take the Rams. So you th- you take the push. Though. I take the uh, y- well, yes, yeah, I take the push. Okay, but the Lions win. I think on a last second field goal. Okay, I I totally see that. Now I'm gonna kind of go at this the other way. Now I would love nothing more than for the Lions to go out there and win this game. It would be amazing. It's too good it, to pass up. It also. But, yeah, Go you know ahead. it's reality. You know, and it, <laughs> yeah. these things don't happen. You know, and I, I just can't escape the feeling that this Rams team is one of those teams that sneaks into the playoffs with no one paying attention to them, I know, and then they and, go all the way, yeah. knocking out some of the, uh, so, some of the sentimental favorites. You right. Know? So, I think that I'm gonna take the Rams plus three. I really, really want to be wrong, but I also worry about that Lions team getting a little too revved up. Like, yeah, Dan Campbell, there's really emotional guy. There. We don't know how that team handles pressure. I'm a little concerned that they just might crack under it, um, especially with uh, – I just – Dan Campbell at the end of that Cowboys game just continuing to go yeah. for two because he was mad. Uh, obviously, you can't really read too much into that from a perspective <laughs> of what will happen in the future. But, right. I, I, like, th- this is clearly a guy who makes some emotional decisions. now. Some? I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but – it, I really do think that the Rams win this game. I hope I'm wrong. So give me the Rams, but I hope I'm wrong about that one. Yeah. And now to close it all off, Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. We've got... In the Big Guava. A doozy. Go ahead. The NFC East loser, Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles, taking on the NFC South champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 8.15 p.m. Dun-dun-dun-dun, Monday dun, Night dun, Football dun, dun, in Florida. Dun, dun. Do, 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 do. And our line is the birds by three. Yeah, man. That's crazy. (laughs) Okay. Um, Eagles by three over the Buccaneers in Tampa. Um, In Tampa. Man, how did we get there? Uh, First of all, uh, avid listeners of the show will know uh, Coach Nick, or as we like to call him, Cousin Nick, is indeed our cousin. Uh, so none of this yeah. reflects poorly on our family at all. I would just like to say I hope that he goes down in an awful fireball um, and then gets to go coach somewhere else because then we can actually root for him. Um, I agree. So I really think that the Eagles probably win this game, which I know is a hot take. Uh, the Buccaneers have been playing good football, and nobody thinks that the Eagles have anything remotely re- you know seeming like juice left at this point. Um, but I don't think that the Eagles let themselves be one and done. I don't think they get past the next round, but I don't think that they lose this game. Um, so I'm going to take them not only to cover, but also to win. Interesting. Okay. So all year on this program, I have came on here week after week and said, this Eagles team does not have the juice. This Eagles team is begging to lose games that they're winning. This Eagles team is in hell. They have no shot. Yeah, they're 10-1, but they're bad. And yeah, everyone the worst said, Morgan, you're crazy. Ever. <laughs> everyone said, you're nuts. Everyone said, this Eagles team is the number one team in football, and they're going to march to the Super Bowl. And you know what I have to say to you? You learned a valuable life lesson, because I'm never wrong. <laughs> and I was right. This Eagles team is a mess. They're 1-5 down the stretch. They've collapsed completely. Uh, they, they take after their city in terms of being absolute hot garbage when it counts. True. It is the Philadelphia legacy. It's true. That's fair. I will say, 
I can't stop now. I got to <laughs> keep going. And I'll take the Buccaneers plus three to knock off this dog shit Eagles team on Monday night and end their cursed season. I'd have maybe, to call you out if you didn't. Yeah, and maybe maybe uh, Cousin Nick, I wish nothing but the best for him. I truly hope he goes to a team I can root for next time because I can't do this again. Don't go so to the take Chargers. the Seahawks job and I'll, I'll, I'll buy some uh, some SeaTac sweaters. There you go. Uh, but I, I, I think this is it. I just don't think you can come back from this level of bad vibes, honestly. And especially with your with A.J. Brown hurting. With uh, Jalen Hurts today said he hasn't picked up a football since he broke his finger on Sunday. <laughs> Um, it's yeah, just, it's the deck stacked against him. <laughs> I just can't overthink it. I gotta go for I gotta go for the Buccaneers with the points here. So yeah, that's it. Fair enough. Um, I again, I can't blame you. It's not really a hot take at all. Um, in fact, I'd say it's the opposite. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, man, Eagles getting one and done in Tampa. Crazy. Um, yep. All right. So, since we are New York sports talk show, uh, maybe it'd be best that we actually uh, talk about New York teams. So, uh, Morg, well, where do you want to start? We got the Giants, we got the Jets, we could do Yankees-Mets, we could do the Knicks. What do you want to do? I think we covered the Jets. Let's let's touch on the Giants real quick. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it was good to beat the Eagles. Um, yeah. Wayne Martindale <laughs> is left in a storm of rage. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, yeah. If you don't know, he the report was that he quit. And then the report was that he didn't. And then the report was that him and Brian Dable had like a massive falling out where they exchanged curse words. And then, you know, that was it. (laughs) And then uh, Brian Dable fired like his two guys, like his, you know, like winks, like two underlings. And then the word You never want to fire your guys. You don't want someone to fire your guys. And if someone fires your guys, that's kind of it. But yeah, so then Wink left in a fit of rage and flew to Florida and then officially quit, I think. I don't know if he was actually fired or quit, what the word was. I think he quit. Um, Pretty sure he quit. Yeah. Uh, So that was weird. Um, I really liked Wink. (laughs) I thought that Wink was a pretty good defensive coordinator. He had a good defense this year. Um, But you didn't? Yeah, have we not been over this? I I never liked him. I thought he was a fraud. I, we have not been over this. You didn't like Wink Martindale? Wink Martindale is like the most, like, I feel like uncontroversial figure in Giants coaching in recent vintage. Yeah, I didn't like him. Um, Why? I, I, I tended to think that his defense gave up a lot of big plays, which I know comes when you apply pressure constantly. But when you're the Giants, I think you have to kind of bend but don't break because you're if you give up big plays, you're going to lose games. And I think that that's what was more responsible than anything for the downslide this year was how many big plays they gave up on defense, how many mistakes they made on defense. Uh, they could have maybe won some more games if the defense played a little more conservatively instead of selling out every single play. Um, the soft zone that Wink plays in the secondary really, really got to me. And um, I'm not really sorry to see him go. Uh, Xavier McKinney, I believe it was leaked that he would not have considered re-signing with the Giants if Wink Martindale was still here. Uh, the players didn't seem to like him. Uh, yeah, time for a change, I think. I'm, I'm not too sad about it. Fair enough. You've given this much more thought than I have, so I'll allow you to uh, take the reins on that. <laughs> I I just thought that the development of the young guys was enough to kind of make me think that he should stick around. Um, it's true. He did he did do well with that. Yeah, um, which one of those was McKinney. So if McKinney was going to leave if he stayed, fair enough. Um, 
yeah, I think that's kind of all I really have to say about the Giants. I don't, I don't really have much to say about them. Um, yeah, we got the sixth pick in the draft, so we'll see. Yeah, I think uh, – I don't know what they're going to do with it. Uh, you know, there's – I think it's too early to kind of say. They also now need to go get three new coordinators for every unit. So that's something. No, not, no um, Kafka I think will still be here. Fair. Okay, so two. So they need to go get a defensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator. Um very hey, fun Antonio stuff. Hey, Pierce, if you don't take that Raiders job, come home, baby. Please. Uh, that would be fun. But, uh, yeah, the Jets, I think there's a lot more juiciness to it. Uh, if you want to talk about Shithead, we can. Otherwise, um, the actual team itself, there's not much to talk about. But yeah, I don't want to talk about the team. I'll say one thing about Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Go away. Yeah. I've had it. it it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. who is this for? I don't like, know. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't know who he thinks he is or what he thinks he's doing. Um, just going on the freaking whatever, whatever John McAfee, whatever the antivirus guy, going on his <laughs> show and saying, "Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm injured. I'm not coming back. Uh, yeah, uh, remember about that? Think about me uh, randomly threatening Jimmy Kimmel for some reason." Yeah. Um, just- My favorite part. So, okay, I know you're not a huge Always Sunny fan. But there was the um, – I like it. Like, I, I know, but there's – I don't know if you know the quotes as well as some bigger fans might. But there's a moment in that when D is saying something to somebody. I forget what it was and then immediately contradicts herself. And they go, oh, I thought you said this other thing. She goes, no, that was a lie. They're yeah, like, oh, exactly. I, I – oh. <laughs> it's like nobody ever hears that brashly like that. Uh, and exactly. that's exactly what Aaron Rodgers did. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm coming back. You are coming back. I'm not coming back. I thought you just said you were coming back. No, that was a lie. Oh, and oh, also, okay. uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, people should go uh, threaten his family. Jimmy, uh, like, Jimmy Kimmel is also a pedophile. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just completely ridiculous. I mean, the guy is just a total clown. I mean, yeah. like, he's just a soft-brained, like, whack job. Like, we've said it all. Listen, uh, the day after that seemed to realize that that got him in some trouble. So he tried to backtrack yeah. and then immediately said that ESPN execs are sabotaging his show. Yep. Uh, which is funny. Now, uh... I'm not going to say, like, what I do for a living. Not that I have any real important job, but I do work in, like, sports media, so I do know some stuff about this. And sure. I can tell you that one of the only things that Pat McAfee could do to get his contract like, completely voided yeah, would be to go after suggest that exactly. ESPN is actively sabotaging his show. <laughs> so it, it is so very funny. funny that he seems to yeah. think that he could just do that and ESPN will not be mad at him for it. And it seems like... They are mad at him because he has not mentioned it again since then. Uh, they seem to have shut him up. Uh, and they did say Rodgers wasn't coming back on, but apparently he, he was, was on, on today. today. Yeah. So who knows? Um, here's the um, thing with Pat McAfee, and this, this is the funniest part about it to me. He has arguably the easiest job in the world because he, he was a punter for a long time, knows lots of dudes from the NFL. He has a very popular show on ESPN under Disney, where they just talk about football, and if that's all they ever do, he could do that for 40 years, make like $100 million or more, and then retire and never have to yep. do another thing. And also, I'm sure he probably is good to talk about football all day, every day for the rest of his life. That's all you have to do, man. Don't mess this up. Just shut up and talk about football. Make your millions and go away. Like, this is so – he has the easiest job in the world, and he almost just biffed it. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, okay, uh, hey, Pat, the one thing you can't do is have someone God. come on the show and say – And accuse Jimmy Kimmel of being a company you do is a pedophile. That's what you can't do. And he's like, okay, okay, got it. Uh, Aaron, come on the show and say oh that. Oh, my God. Like, it's just it's insanity. Amazing. Like it's I so mean, funny. It's, 
just it's Aaron so Rodgers funny. is just. It's also funny that it's ABC's guy. Like Jimmy Kimmel's ABC's guy. Right. They work for the same company. <laughs> like, it's amazing. It's obviously, also owned by Disney. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like it's just such a mess. It's so stupid. And then, by the way, Robert Sala goes on and gets interviewed and he's like, yeah, we're uh, or was it Aaron Rodgers in the same interview? I think he said we need to cut out the bullshit. Yeah, he did. He said we need to only focus on winning. And also, uh, who's on Gillian Maxwell's fucking flight logs? We need to concentrate on that, too, because I, Aaron Rodgers, will get to the bottom of this. Like, I've just had, I mean, like, there's a certain thing in this world where you, like, you live a long enough time, and listen, I'm not very old, but you live a long enough time, and you could start to figure out who's smart and who's pretending to be. Right. Aaron Rodgers is, there's somebody that's pretended to be more smart, obviously, than him. Right. Like, it's just. This is the dumbest guy I've ever seen. It's amazing that he is the like. I, there's like, he he's just such a special brand of athlete. Like, and one that we haven't really seen do this in a while. I like. I'm trying to remember of because we. I think we talked about this off the air. Um, like, like we're a radio show. Um, yeah. but we, we talked off the air. We, we talked off air. Um, but in other words, we were in person we you know whatever we were in buffalo oh, for the holiday holidays yeah, yeah um with our families um but the the last guy that i kind of like that popped into my head was a-rod but a-rod was not li- like a-rod was very image conscious and he wanted everybody to like him and like he exactly. was afraid of being perceived as a douche even though he was and still kind of is um but like i think this is a different really the only person who comes even close to this stratosphere of dug in arrogance and like refusal to not even admit that you're wrong just refusal to be a regular person like <laughs> agree with almost all of his weird shit that, that he, he says did. yes <laughs> he also did like buy a house for george floyd's family and so so like he That's does the good thing. stuff occasionally yeah Aaron Rodgers has never done anything good in the last five years. No, his for family hates him. Like, Aaron Rodgers is just like a despicable person. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah. uh, let me say this. Uh, the fact that apparently I didn't, I never watched this show, but people were telling me that uh, they spent a good chunk, I think on Tuesday, talking about if uh, Dr. Fauci should like apologize to the American public. It is January of 2024. Yeah. They're the last people in America still talking about this. They really One are. American isn't talking about this. It is absurd. <laughs> like nobody gives a shit. It's so boring. Newsmax, let this go. <laughs> Get new material. That's it. Yeah. we got to move on. <laughs> it's I. I that should have just been what Pat McAfee said. By the way, ah, yeah, we got to move on. Um, yeah, exactly. It's that simple. Uh, yeah, let's let's move on. I think we'll probably have some stuff to say about the Knicks. So I think we, let's touch on baseball real quick because there is some stuff to get into there. Um, speaking of famous loudmouth shitheads uh, who need to shut up and stop messing with their New York teams, uh, the Yankees are now focusing on getting Marcus Stroman in the building, um, mm-hmm. which I find very interesting. Now, they do need Even pitching. with his anti-Italian racism. Yeah. yeah okay. We can get into that. Um, Stroman, <laughs> Stroman's a very uh, a polarizing figure, <laughs> to say the least. Um, he's very outspoken on many things, things that probably don't need to be so outspoken about. Um, he, he has a lot of interesting opinions, talks a lot, um, and a few years ago was directly attacking the Yankees and their media personalities um, over the air for, uh, I don't even really remember, I think for saying that he's a loudmouth 
or something. I, I don't really yeah. remember why, but then he called everybody racist and then th- there was a whole thing. Um, and he directly Listen. attacked Brian Cashman and like, you know, I, it, it's, it, he's just an interesting guy. Um, is there the racism Yankees in pitching. baseball media? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Not going to argue that. that. That's not why I'm bringing up the fact that he accused all these people of it. No, I know. <laughs> it's, I just, we yes. just disclaimer. But yes. also, I do, I do want to say, I always liked Stroman before he was on the Mets. Like, with, when he was with the Blue Jays, I always liked him. I thought, you know, this is a guy who's a gamer. Like, he, he's a bulldog. Yeah. yeah he's like, got a chip on his shoulder and he's a loudmouth. But I kind of like that. Uh, Me too. I, I do too. Yeah. And then something happened. Baseball needs more personalities. It does, and I always liked him for that. But yes. something happened, I think, when he was on the Mets, where he seemed to really lean into this as being his persona, um, and so, something seemed to shift in him. Like I don't know the guy personally, but like he was like on Twitter calling Anthony DeComo like Italian racial slurs, like st- like Staten Island talk that you haven't heard yeah. ever. Like th- something like very just constantly on Twitter, like saying he'll never play for the Yankees. He hates the Yankees. It seems like very obvious that he did want to be a Yankee, and he was mad that they didn't trade for him. We knew that at the he time. Was, yeah, uh, that's the he weird was, thing. He's mad yeah, he, that he wasn't a Yankee, so he attacked He was mad him. that he wasn't a Yankee. Like a petulant wanted, child. <laughs> yeah, he was mad that they traded him to the Mets because the Yankees didn't want him, so he went yeah. off on the Yankees. Now it seems that he does want to be a Yankee, and it seems like he's been asking the Yankees to sign him. The Yankees, to this point, have not extended an offer. I'll say this. I don't know if I would hate it, but I'll say that it's uh, he's obviously like gotten more volatile over the years. Right. I wouldn't compare him to like an actual – like if there are people out there on Twitter who want the Yankees to sign Trevor Bauer. So right. like when you look at that as another option – Yeah, no, that's th- – that is an – easy choice like that's an easy choice um but when you I would have, rather have neither of them though. i i would too but i also don't hate the i'm with you i would i don't hate the idea of getting marcus strom because he's a very above average you know like more than decent pitcher um yeah the problem I, with him is who he is the player that gets attached to that it's not just the on the field stuff um well, okay it yeah. is it is that it's it's the off the field stuff but it also i do have some concerns about him as a pitcher just because he is a really little guy he's small we don't know how he'll age right. you know there's not a lot of pitchers with his stature that have aged particularly great so that uh, was what i was about to say if they if they could somehow get him to agree to like a two-year with a third-year option for like 50 60 million bucks something around there like that i don't see a team giving him more than that to be honest i feel like that's probably around the upper end maybe he could somewhere might give him four um but he's what 32 33 with you know a small frame i don't think he's going to get more than that anywhere um and i'd be shocked if he did uh so I, i feel like the yankees could find a way to make this work where it's not bank breaking which they've been saying like i think there was a word where it's like we're aggressively going after pitching but not stupidly or something i forget what it was um but this also this is a desperate move clearly um i think that you don't go after a guy who has torched your organization publicly unless you realize hey he's like cheap and the best option for what we're looking for right now um yeah but i'll I'll say this it makes Um, sense apart from who he is as a person (laughs) yeah i don't think that there are ever well, not to my knowledge. I'm not an MLB insider because I was told Reese Hoskins would sign with the Cubs, and he still hasn't done that, so I'm not an MLB insider. <laughs> sure. Um, but I don't think there have ever been any real problems with Stroman in the clubhouse anywhere he's been. Right, yeah. I think the issues have mostly been with him on social media. And uh, he's never done anything wrong. Like, he's not like he's not a criminal. <laughs> like, you know, this no, no, is no, not... he's not. No. He's yeah. just 
a loud mouth. He's just a la- he's just a dickhead. <laughs> if the Yankees all. could get him to close yeah. his Twitter account, uh, then yeah, sure. Because right. I don't think he would be much of a problem in the clubhouse. But I just feel like knowing the Yankees, th- this does not seem like an avenue they're going to go down. Even if there are no other options, it just doesn't seem. I, this seems like a lot of stuff coming from Stroman's side to me because I do think he wants to be a Yankee. I think he wanted to be a Yankee originally. And, you know, the opposite of love is in hate, or the opposite of love, wait. Indifference. The yes. opposite of love is indifference, yes. Exactly. So he wanted yes. to be a Yankee so, so bad yes. that when they spurned him, he turned all those emotions into hate. Right. So that's why he was attacking the team. It wasn't because he, he still deep down really wanted to be a Yankee. So I do think that's true. Um I, I just think that at this point the bridge has been burned, but hey, I mean I don't really particularly care if you go get him, go get him, whatever. I mean, I will say this: um, the Yankees' off season has been pretty good so far. They've been a little more low key than I would think. They had Luke Weaver today, a very thrilling skill. Yeah, I, I talking the Yankees had that about a week ago. Not that it was announced, but they were like, yeah, they're definitely going to bring him back, right? Like, it makes sense. And I was, I hadn't thought about it. Like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. He, You know, he was good in September when they needed him. Quieter move, but needs to happen. They need depth pieces. And speaking of depth pieces, I just sent you a stat cast um, that if you take a look at it, would you take it? Just okay, in general. So for the listeners, or whatever, because none of you were seeing this, I'm looking at a guy who has fourth percentile strikeout, first percentile walks, Meaning he does not strike guys out, walks a ton of guys, but also get is ninety fifth percentile on ground balls. Meaning he gets a ton of ground balls. Right. So would I take this guy to do what? To be a starter or a reliever? To be a depth guy for the, the starting rotation. Now he's a, he's he's a twenty eight year old. He would be extremely cheap. How uh, much does he cost me? He'd be extremely cheap. Could would, I put him in the minors if I had to? Oh, let me check if he has options. It's okay. Just tell me who is it. Okay. So this is Brad Keller. Now, mm. I was talking to Nolan about this yesterday, and he kind of laughed me off. And not not laughed off, but he was like, oh, come on. Um, Nolan, that, a 95th percentile ground ball rate and a 68th percentile hard hit rate, really high barrel rate, above average. I know he doesn't strike anybody out, and I know he walks He doesn't strike anyone out, and he walks a ton of guys. I know, but a guy who literally, like, all he does, all he does is get guys to put balls on the ground. It's true. That's pretty valuable in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> like I I, say, I would be good with it. Um granted I think he had a shoulder thing at the end of last year. But yeah, yeah. do you have his uh his, his like spin rates or anything like that? Um yes. So he is I so anyway, the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because there are a bunch of other pitchers that are like low-end starters that people are not um even, you know, like talking about. Um <laughs> and this was I looked through the uh the list and this guy kind of caught me or uh, caught caught me eye. You caught my eye. Um, he caught me eye. So okay. here, uh, here I'm sending Absolute you his. <laughs> <laughs> he caught me eye. Um, this information Brad. is on Statcast. If you want to just look up Brad Keller Statcast Savant, um, sure. you can look at it yourself, listeners. Okay, dear so listeners. yeah, so what I see here, maybe this is a guy who might work out of the bullpen. Honestly, like okay. ground ball specialist. Like, because I'm thinking that this profile is not entirely dissimilar to the guys that the Yankees tend to go after and run through the Matt Blake lab for right. the bullpen. That's they what like, got my interest. Balls. Yeah. Um, I don't think he would work as a starter. I just think that guys who walk that many guys, especially in a ballpark like Yankee Stadium, you don't want guys on base unnecessarily. So maybe if you limit the amount of batters he's facing, turn him into a reliever, 
that might work. Now, his advanced stats, I'm seeing that guys hit 360 off his fastball and 240 off his slider. So Matt uh, Blake's a sinker slider specialist. They hit 143 exactly. off of his sinker. So if they get him and they say, start throwing the sinker and the slider yep. and stop. He would never throw another sport. fastball. <laughs> like He just wouldn't, wouldn't, he wouldn't throw as, one. Yeah, maybe a spring training guy. Yeah. Give him an invite. I wouldn't hate it. Low risk. Yeah, I, I would like that because yeah. this is the profile of guys Matt Blake likes. So, yep. yeah, I think that's a really good call. I would, exactly. I would give him an invite. Yeah. Yeah. So I was uh, I felt pretty good about this guy and I was like, man, this is kind of because what bothers me the most about the Yankees this season, it's not the lack of the next star pitcher that they're missing. It's pitching depth uh, more than mm-hmm. anything. Last year, it, it's. Do you remember who started game two? Do you remember what happened in spring training when all of a sudden the best rotation? I was there too. I was with you. (laughs) I wasn't with you, but I was on the other side of the stadium. Um, But they went into the season with the supposed best rotation in baseball, quote unquote, unquote. And we ended up having their like ninth guy starting the second game of the year. And then all of a sudden the dream rotation completely collapsed. Rodon came back in the middle of the year and was just stank up the whole joint. Um, so yeah, man, you need depth pieces. I am so concerned about that more than anything. And if you go get Brad Keller to be a swing guy, just like at, to start and maybe see if you can have him eat up some games. He's 28, been around the block, not terrible, hey, but Matt hey, Blake hey. can maybe make it happen. This is just my 28 thought. Is, 28 is young. 28 um, is young. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. He's not even 30. Um, yeah, then, we'll, see, we'll see what the Yankees do. It's time to start making some moves either way. It is. Um, you bring back Luke Weaver. Go get a guy like this who's like bottom of the rotation guy. Go find another piece that just – you just need got, you just need major league pitchers. It doesn't yeah. matter who they are at this point. Um, you want to talk about the Knicks real quick and then wrap it up? Yeah. Um, I also just want to say it's funny that the Mets have gotten literally half of the roster from last year that we let go. I think that's hilarious. Um, I keep saying it. Mets love former Yankees. They do. Um, yeah, I feel like this is a uh, a likability play by them because they're like, well, Yankee fans make fun of us all the time, but they can't make fun of us if we are them. <laughs> um, so they're just going to go get like guys that we liked, like Luis Severino and Harrison Bader. Um, but Five yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the Knicks because the last time we talked, R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly were still Knicks, um, and they are no longer Knicks. Sorry to break the news if you are just finding out about it. Um, yeah, more sorry about yeah, more sorry about Emmanuel quickly uh, news than RJ news. Um, I do miss quickly off the bench. I miss the points off the bench. Other than that, I think this trade I didn't like it at first. Huge fan now. I will tell you they needed to shake something up, right? Because they were in a bit of a rut. They were on like a three game losing streak when they trade those guys. Right. I didn't expect it to pay dividends this quickly with no. OG coming over here <laughs> and being pun intended like- or no. <laughs> Yeah, no, no pun intended. OG coming over here, Knicks undefeated in January, basically playing the Josh Hart role this season. They've won their last five with him on the team. They dominated, absolutely dominated the Trailblazers. They beat the Wizards in a game that was a little closer than I thought. They blew out the 76ers, who are supposed to be a good team, beat the Bulls, and beat the Timberwolves. So really playing good ball in January. OG has been right at the center of it. He's really helped the Knicks yep. defense. He's, I believe, has the highest plus-minus in 2024. Um, just That's been unbelievable. Crazy. Yeah. Since Man. he got here. Uh, the Knicks have the Mavericks tomorrow or tonight, actually. On yeah, tonight, January 7.15 start? 7.30 start? Or 8.30 it 8 start. Okay. It's in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, Luka Doncic not playing, so this is a good Ooh. opportunity for the, the streak to go to right six. for the pickings. Uh, yeah. Let's just keep it rolling. Now, we did get some news on Mitchell Robinson. Um, that Mitchell Robinson... We heard over our hiatus that Mitchell Robinson was going to be out for the season. Now, 
now we're not so sure because <laughs> the NBA has yeah. used to grant the Knicks a disabled player exception, which basically right. means that they have the, to pay the NBA him. thinks yeah. Yeah, the NBA thinks that there's a chance that Mitchell Robinson could be back with the Knicks by the end of the year based on the medicals they've seen. Now, that would be huge because Hartenstein's been unbelievable since I Mitch went. I really like Isaiah Hartenstein. <laughs> he's um, been so good, and he's yeah. going to get a ton of money. Yes. Um, but Mitch, if he could come back and we could have him and Hartenstein going into the playoffs yeah, that's... with this new OG. All of a sudden, the Knicks go from a team who really needed size to being like, holy shit, our big men are crushing it. <laughs> like, that's, <Right. laughs> like, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Like, if you – also, like, the profile of guys that Tom Thibodeau likes is so clear, and it's hilarious. Like, look at the acquisitions from the last couple of years. It's just dudes who refuse to stay – like or keep their feet on the ground like yeah. <laughs> these they're guys always, just fly around they throw their uh, bodies around like they're like six years old it's amazing yeah. <laughs> it's fun to yeah. watch also and, plus uh, minus also, kings all of them josh hart you know like hartenstein absolutely. dante divincenzo and og everyone loves og it's awesome so we've um, also seen uh since we last uh broadcasted the uh re-arrival and dismissal again of taj gibson <laughs> grand opening grand closing <laughs> yeah um, one of my favorite Knicks ever uh, does not have anything anymore. Um, Wait, Taj is one of your favorite Knicks ever? Absolutely. God, that's love a really that shallow pool to dive into, isn't it? No, I mean, not <laughs> as like a pl- I don't think he's like an excellent player, but right. like for the role he played and like no, as that's a fair. New York native yes. and like a Tibbs guy who came around and really turned this team's culture around. Yes. Like, I really do like Taj he's, a lot. And I he's part he of the culture coach. shift. Yeah. Absolutely. I hope he joins the coaching staff after this season. That would um, be cool. That'd be very cool. And also on the Knicks, uh, there's been a little bit of noise that they might try to make a move for Malcolm Brogdon to replace quickly off the bench. Okay. Uh, obviously, you'll remember Brogdon and Quickly were the final two for the six man last year. Right. Brought with Brogdon winning the award. So now Brogdon a lot of people be... thought Quickly was going to win six man this year, myself included. So that'd be interesting to go get the guy who won it last year instead. Exactly. Very and fun. If they, if they could get him from Portland, that would be. Fantastic. So, yeah. um, when is yeah. the deadline? That should be coming up relatively soon, I think. Right? What is it like? It five, be in six the weeks? Of February. Yeah. Uh, Somewhere let's around find there. Find out. I think it's like so, five weeks. So, uh, yeah. So the NBA trade deadline this year is February eighth. So okay, a little less than a month. Yep. And so the Knicks, I do think they need to find a way to get some points off the bench, replace maybe the points that quickly was scoring. But right now. I don't know. They seem to be firing on all cylinders. So, so that's the thing. Um, is it sustainable? Now, uh, an undefeated run is not sustainable just because that's ridiculous to even think it could be. Uh, what? <laughs> sorry to bust your bubble. Um, but the the fact that they have not lost with this squad is extremely encouraging. Um, they look like they could beat anybody right now, which is very fun to watch. As a fan, you enjoy watching the games when they're playing like this. It's great. That being said... Uh, how much do you think this changes their playoff profile? Is this now a team that you see stacking up with the Sixers and the Celtics and the Bucks, um, or is this a team that you think, hey, you still need that scoring off the bench? Like I, I like their offense now. Um, like the way that it's moving looks a lot cleaner. It looks smoother and a lot less uh, like jammed up. That being said, quickly was a huge piece off the bench, so you're missing a very big injection of energy that you kind of still need. Um, so it's hard to say whether or not this style is going to be able to translate into a long series, but I don't know. Where, where right. are your thoughts? 
Well, I will say that they matched up pretty well against the Sixers in that game a few days ago. Where well, they obviously, out, but yes. It is January. Yes. That's not that's uh, not a playoff series, but right. yes, uh, easy to I get sucked into that. It's going to come down to seeding, right? And I think that the Knicks' schedule from here on out gets a bit easier. I think they're through the hard part. Uh, and I will say, I'm going to give you two records, and I want you to tell me what stands out about them. Okay. Uh, the Knicks uh, uh, at away this season are 11 and 11. 11 and 11. Okay. The Knicks at home are 11 and four. So what does that tell you? Uh, that tells me that they really like playing at home. And if they had well, home court, it's pretty good. Um, but also tell you that they play a lot more away games. <laughs> oh, good they point. <laughs> That's a very away good point. Games to 15 yeah. Home games. yeah. I'm a narrative guy, um, meaning they have a lot more games at home. So their record yep. should be able to fly right up there. I like that. That's good to know. Um, They're coming into a soft part yeah. of the schedule. It's time to run up some victories. Now, the East is very bunched together. We so got wait, we've got twenty two and fifteen, right? The Knicks. We got three teams of twenty two and fifteen: the Pacers, yeah. Knicks, and Cavs. And then behind right. them, they have two teams of twenty one and sixteen: the Heat and the Magic. So all those That's teams are kind of teams. right there. And also, the Sixers only have twenty three wins. So the the East is very very bunched up, apart from the Celtics, two to the top. Even the Bucks have twenty five wins that are in that little mid range too. So who knows? I mean, if the Knicks could come in there and somehow knock out one of those top three, that would be incredible. I don't expect it to happen. I would say that um, my expectation right now, high end of my expectations, be four seed and win the first round again. But in conversation we've had for the last few years, where like they were the four seed a couple, or were they the three seed even a couple years ago? Were they the four seed or the three seed? The COVID year, they were the four seed. The four seed, yeah. So they've been the four seed now, where it's like in conversation, where it's like, okay, yeah, you have the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Celtics, but then there's like a drop off, and then you have the Knicks, and they've just been unable to like remove that drop off and be part of the conversation of like the East powerhouse. But the more that they win now, I mean, they are quickly making a case, and again, no pun intended, um, they're quickly making a case that that is not necessarily the case anymore i think that they can now be included in that conversation of hey these guys could be dangerous in the playoffs um but i don't know i i still don't know how much i believe in their ability to win more than one playoff series like i want to so bad i really do and maybe the only reason that i don't like if they if i was not a knicks fan and this was a team that was in like seattle and playing like this or something like i'm using seattle as a just like a far away yeah, I, I, there's no team there. You got the idea. Um, but like, if this was not my team that I have <laughs> watched all the time, I would think, hell yeah, man, they're playing fun ball. I bet that they could win in the playoffs. Um, but since I'm, you know, very familiar with disappointments um, in the past and just knowing who they are, um, and granted, this is not who they have been. This is a pretty much a brand new roster. Um, but that being said, I am just skeptical just because of who the team is so it's uh you know it's hard to hard to project out that far but it is fun to do yeah it's fun to try why not um yeah so we got the knicks let's keep it rolling playing some real good ball right now Uh, i have nothing on the brooklyn nets this week sorry nothing me neither i don't even know what's going on with them and that's about it four seconds on the brooklyn nets Um, they're still a team. Yeah, they are still a team. They're still around. Jock Font's still the head coach. That's about the extent that I know. I think McCall Bridges has been on a good stretch. Yeah. There uh, you go. Cam Thomas needs to come, come back. I live 10 minutes uh, away from the Barclays Center, and I don't even know what's going on with them. So, right. uh, so no more free pick of the week during the playoffs because we give you all our NFL playoff picks. Yes. So those are free picks. Um, and I think that's about it. You got anything else? Um. No, I think that's kind of it. Uh, uh, a wind chill for that next. Chiefs game, by the way, I just saw down to minus 30. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Love cold so, weather football. Very fun. Um, be good. Perfect. Yeah. 
I feel like there was one more thing that I wanted to say, but I can't remember what it was. Okay, well, um, oh, you got the website. Oh, yeah, that's it. Uh, we have a website. <laughs> it's uh, it is now live. I've spent the better part of the last few days making it work, making it happen. Hey, Morg, did you know making a website is really freaking annoying and hard? Um, yes, I did. So. Uh, it's not so much making the ups- or the website. That was actually the easy part. It was all the other stuff, like buying a domain and linking it and having it work and the whole deal. Um, yeah, so what's the URL? Very annoying stuff. So anyway, if you want to head over to www.mudvillepod.com. Yes, we actually were able to get mudvillepod.com, thankfully. Um, you will find our uh, – <laughs> yeah, I had to buy it for $4,000. Um, <laughs> you will find our beautiful brand-new website designed by yours truly that I'm very proud of. Um, so if you want to go take a look and, uh, let me know what you think. All of our stuff is going to be there. Um, it is separated into our shows, uh, every episode of Mudville, SBNY and Mudville at the movies, which is our brand new series with Nolan and our good friend, Tony. Uh, you can go over there and check that out. Um, and they will be again, separated by show. So if you get frustrated by the way that, uh, Spotify uploads them, if you listen through Spotify, Apple podcasts or, um, or RSS feed or Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, they will all be, uh, excuse me, they will all be separated by show and a lot easier to find and follow if you would like to do that. Um, so head on over, check it out. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon also, where we can, uh, we'll be uploading everything there as well. Maybe some exclusive stuff at some point. Um, so keep an eye on that. And if you'd like to give us some money, that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, other than that, I uh, hope everyone had a good holiday break, and uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, let's go. Let's go, Bills. Check out Coach playing that anthem before the game. <laughs> let's go, Bills. Let's go, Knicks. Keep it rolling. Uh, Yanks, go get a pitcher. Go get Brad, go get Keller, Brad Keller. Go get Marcus <laughs> Stroman, I guess, maybe. Uh, don't get Trevor Bauer. And uh, let's uh, let's see what happens with uh, – the the Giants and Jets offseason. Fun stuff coming up. I'm rambling. All right, we'll, All right, we'll, we'll catch you guys soon. later. Bye, everyone.